So today must be an interactive day. Walt had us learning in worship. I got an exercise for us at the beginning of my sermon. And so what's going to happen is this word influence is up here on the screen. That's the sermon title that I have for today. But the reality is that there's lots of things that influence us. And what I've recognized and what we're going to start with, so you've got to go to that file on the computer, Irene. Uh, make sure the sound's turned up on the computer. Um, anyway, I'm going to play some sounds. And what your job is, Irene's going to let it play for 15, 20, 30 seconds, depending on how you feel. And, and I want your reaction. I want what that sound caused you to say, feel, or do. So you can play the first one, Irene. Turn it up a little bit. Come on. Give me a little bit more, Irene. There we go. Okay, you can pull it down. What was your reaction? Soothing? My kids said, Dad, that's love music. We did this exercise with the kids today. Okay, Irene, you can go to the next one. What do you hear? What do you see? Relaxing? Okay, yeah, that's something like people say they play it for their kids so they sleep at night. For me, when I hear rain, I hear optimism. My kids had no idea what that sound was because they live in western Nebraska, so they don't hear it very often, especially recently. Go ahead and do the next one. Okay, you can pull it down. Now, what do you feel? You want to dance? My kids wanted to fight this morning. We literally had a fight once we played Eye of the Tiger in our house. Elliot and Graham were punching each other once Eye of the Tiger came on. I'm not kidding you. Play the next one. What do you feel? Yeah, we, some people, we know you've heard that sound more than others. Kim, go ahead and play the next one. This is probably what you feel. What did you feel? Some suspense, some impending doom. It's like the lights, the siren went off, and the cop was walking to the car. Casey, you know this one a little bit, I guess. One more. Let's play the last one. going. No, you can keep going that You can't stop that yet. I don't have to ask you what you feel because I can see it on your faces and see it in your feet right now. Right? Okay, you can turn it down. 
It's interesting, like, in life, there are things, there are sounds, they influence us. Like, literally, uh, in the midst of that, we went, like, through the journey of, like, love and suspense and, and energy and dancing and joy and, and peace. I mean, simply from the sound. You know, there's sights that tend to influence us. When we see a sunset, we just want to hold our wives hand or or a, a field full of flowers or or i got a good one for you how would you feel if i put the pythagorean theorem on the screen right now <laughs> negative b plus or minus the square root of 4ac or uh negative b plus or minus the square root of b squared minus 4ac right over two I mean, if Pastor wanted a response, what I should start doing is is just putting mathematic equations on the wall because people get this anxiety or tension in them when they see them. I mean, I just have to say the word math, and some people, we get worked up. What if about colors? There's different colors that cause different responses, and people know that. So they say you paint in different ways depending on what mood you want from people. I mean, if if we change things, if there was some disarray, I know some some guys that couldn't handle, that couldn't focus if things were out of place. I was worried that I think when we put back the church, this section got a little bit longer. And I was afraid some people would really struggle with, like, where do I search, sit? Do I start in the front or do I start in the back? And, and just be standing, wandering around because the place that they sit kind of got changed. I mean, disarray, it, it causes a, a reality. I will tell you, my wife is a cleaner. She's a picker-upper. She's not settled unless everything is in its place. So we had some kids in our house on Thursday. She cleaned the basement like 14 times. Disarray, the sight of disarray, it causes, it influences my wife. There's smells that influence us. Like if you had some apple pie going, come on, I'm hungry. If there's a campfire, again, that's something my wife, like if it's a campfire, it brings that nostalgic feeling. It's not like the western Nebraska wildfire smell, it's the campfire smell. It might be a whole different response right now. And then like my son, so my son Levi, he's a crazy kid. Every time he walks in the garage, you know, not every time, but a lot of times when he walks in the garage, you know what he says? Dad, I love the smell of the garage. What? It's musty, it's got just a little bit of, but I mean, it's going to be a smell that forever with my son, whenever he smells that smell, he's going to be brought back to home. See, there's all these things around us that are absolutely influencing us. You know, the other thing that influences us, I've talked about sights, I've talked about sounds, I've talked about smells. The other thing that influences us is people. I'm going to talk about my brother-in-law because I don't think he'll listen to my sermon. He pastors a church in Frankfort, Kentucky. We grew up in the same place. We, we, he was in my youth group. He was an intern in my youth group, and I married his sister. See, that's what happens. Anyway, and so uh, he started pastoring this church in Frankfort. And Frankfort, Kentucky is just about the line in Kentucky where all of a sudden the way we talk sounds differently. 
So northern Kentucky, there's not much of a draw. And if you say I've got an accent, whatever, come to southern Kentucky. Frankfurt's kind of in the middle. So it's kind of in this verge. Well, he got a worship leader who had a southern draw. And so all of a sudden when he was around his worship leader, you know what he was doing? He's saying y'all and talking like a southerner. We do the same thing. You know, we talk, you know, I see people. It's funny when we talk to people who, who speak a different language, all of a sudden we talk with an accent for some weird reason. Like we think if we say our words English with a little bit of an accent, people might understand us better. You know, once we've moved to western Nebraska, I've been influenced a little bit. So when I talk about a, a roof, I now say a roof. And when I talk about a root, now I have to say a root or shaps rather than chaps. I mean, these are things that we learn and, and I've recognized that people around me absolutely influence us. So today what I want to do is look at a story. I mean, this is to me one of the most profound stories in Scripture about influence. Now, the person we're going to talk about, he's an influential person. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, then we'll get there. Okay. The person we're going to talk about, he's a really influential person. His name's Peter. Peter had a good call. His call can be seen in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. I'll tell you that you're a Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Uh, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on heaven, on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Like Jesus has given Peter a pretty cool calling. I mean, can you imagine like Jesus stands up, he picks you out and he says, hey, Walt, you're Walt. And on you, I'm going to build my kingdom. I'm going to build my church. You're the foundation. And here are the keys to the kingdom. So Peter's got a really cool calling, but Peter had some struggles. We knew those. But in Acts chapter 2, we had this day of Pentecost. Walt referenced Acts chapter 1 today. Acts chapter 2, they were gathered in the upper room. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And one person in that room stood up and preached. That one person was Peter, the one in whom God said, I'm going to build my house on. He stood up in front of the crowd that were calling them drunk, that were saying they were crazy. And he began to preach the truth of Jesus Christ. And it says in Scripture, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number today. Now, is this God fulfilling his prophecy in Peter's life? Like Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on you. The church is being built in the book of Acts and Peter is integral in the building. Later on in Acts chapter 3, there's this guy that comes up to Peter. This is just part of Peter's story. He's lame. He wants to be healed. Peter and John are walking together. Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have... I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, began to walk. He went around in the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. So God's doing incredible things through him. It says in in Acts chapter 4 that literally the number is up to 5,000 men who believe now in Acts chapter 4. I mean, we're talking a couple chapters, and, and, and this is fulfillment. I'm going to build my... My house, my, my church upon you is being fulfilled. Acts chapter 5, this is really re- where I really want to dig into. Nevertheless, I mean, can you imagine if this was our nevertheless? We're like exceptionally more and more. This is the nevertheless. I don't know, pause on that, think on that, let that simmer in you for a second. Nevertheless, more and more men and women 
believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered from uh, crowds gathered also from towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Now, I think of, I use the word influence. Do you see the influence of Peter in this chapter? I can't think of a better picture of, of influence than this idea of a shadow. This is one of my favorite pictures of my daughter that we've taken. And I don't need to look at her face. If I could reach that high, I'd cover her face up here. But if I just look here, I can see what she's feeling. I can see through the shadow that she's absolutely smiling because of influence. Peter had a shadow of influence. Do you hear this story? Peter has done these cool things. We talked about the 5,000 that were believing, but nevertheless, more and more women are coming to know, men and women are coming to know Jesus through him. He's prayed for the lame and they've walked. People have begun to hear about the influence of Peter. And what did they do? The influence caused them to bring the sick. They brought the sick and they, they put them on the street. Why did, They didn't know. Peter didn't have like a, a routine. Like I don't think he had a walk that he did every day. They, 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 he didn't have a path that they were going to make Peter walk on in order for people to be healed. But they heard that Peter was there and all they wanted was the influence of Peter to come into their situation. The influence of God working through Peter to come and bring them freedom, hope, healing, whatever. I mean, Peter was an influential person. Who here in this room has ever had someone bring someone outside so that maybe, just maybe, your shadow could pass upon them? And I'm proud of myself sometimes, but in all my years of ministry, no one has ever said, I'm going to lay the sick out so maybe, just maybe, Pastor Steve's shadow and pass by. Now I want to pause, give a little bit of theology from myself on this. When I interpret this verse, I'm not interpreting it's the shadow of Peter, like the darkness that's cast when light shines upon him, that's bringing healing to those that are around. I'm believing it's the influence of Peter that's causing people to have faith in the God whom Peter is preaching and allows them to have faith that their loved ones will be healed. See, it's his influence that's causing people to be changed. It's not the physical shadow. The physical shadow is just the representation that God is using. And I'm going to use some some why in a second that shows the influence that Peter was having in the place in which he was. How's your shadow? How's your your influence? That's the question that I, I want to look at today. There's some inevitables about or some givens about shadows. So the first given that I have about shadows is that they're inevitable, right? What's it take for a shadow? And? An object, right? 
We get a shadow, like our kids were just at school, and they were making constellations in summer school, and so they poked holes in a piece of paper, and they shined a flashlight through that, so that when they shine a light through it, light shining through an object gives what? Can you stop your shadow? If you're in light, your shadow is absolutely inevitable. Does that make sense? Jesus Christ says, I'm the light of the world. (laughs) We're all casting a shadow. Every one of us is casting a shadow. What is your shadow portraying? Regardless of your stature, we cast a shadow. If we're skinny, we cast a shadow. If we're not skinny, we'll say it that way, we cast a shadow. There was some major self-control from pastor this morning. Just say, amen, hallelujah. I thought about using some examples, and I did not. If you're rich, you cast a shadow. If you're poor, you cast a shadow. If you're saved, you cast a shadow. If you're not saved, you cast a shadow. Light shines on an object, and a shadow absolutely comes. We're influencing People influence. We all have that friend, right? We get together and and we laugh. Doesn't matter how down we've been, but when they come together, they influence us. We all have that friend that we make stupid choices when they're around us. We do things we never would have done, but man, they told us to. And we just thought it was a good idea. Our shadows are, are inevitable. Not only are they inevitable, but your shadow is silent. I I, I believe that we need to be witnesses, and I believe that God's using our voice. But I just want to reflect on the influence that is silent right now. What noise does a shadow make? It doesn't. It just shows what's happened to me when the light shines upon me. See, this is the witnessing, this is the, 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 the tool that God uses. I mean, Peter, they were bringing people out not to hear him preach. I mean, if I'm Peter, I'm kind of disappointed. He's been pretty successful as a speaker. They're coming to hear me preach, right? I mean, they're coming to hear me say something. No, what they come to do? The silent influence of Peter. Your shadow is inevitable, but it's silent. Many things we do in public are, are vocal. We preach, we teach, we pray, we prophesy. All those things happen, but there's a piece of witnessing that is absolutely silent. What is the big cliche word when it comes to church people, when someone not in the church? They're all what? Oh, wait, how do we all know that? Because we've all heard that. Why, does it, why do people say that? Because our silent shadow is showing something not so pretty. The shadow of influence that we're showing people isn't something that is 
is life-giving. It's not something that is attractional. It's not something that, 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 that people want to come to because the reality, here's another thing. The mirror is the same. A shadow, it's inevitable. Uh, a shadow is silent, but a shadow absolutely depicts me. Huh? I get it the way the light shines on us may change, but sometimes if I stand this way to the light, I don't like what I see. It shows me. There's no denying me. A mirror is the same. When I look in the mirror, what do I see? I see me. I see less hair. I see someone who is older. I was looking the other day and I was seeing more and more gray. I'm not that old. Brent just shaves his, so his doesn't show. Your shadow shows you. It depicts you. When the light shines on you, see, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And because of that, in Romans chapter 8, it says that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God formed who he also predestined to be what? Conformed to the image of his son. So that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What should my shadow depict? The image of Christ. I've been conformed to his image. 2 Corinthians 3. We who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory were being transformed into his likeness with an ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And when Jesus Christ shines his light on me, the light of the world, I hope what people see is no longer me but who I am in him. In my shadow, that's what I don't say. That's just my presence. That's just what is cast around me is the goodness of God. It's the likeness of Jesus Christ. Man, that's deep. Seems real shallow, but it's really deep. Like when I'm in a room... Before I say anything, because sometimes I screw things up when I say stuff. What's my shadow say? Like, are people wanting to be near me? Because the reality is, is that the other inevitable or given with a shadow is that a shadow brings hope. Right? I mean, a kingdom shadow should absolutely bring hope. It should absolutely bring peace. It should absolutely bring relief. Peter's shadow blessed. They wanted his shadow to go by so that they could be healed. They wanted to experience the goodness of God through his shadow. The shadow, the the image of God, Jesus Christ projecting on me, should bring hope. It should bring peace. It should bring joy to others. We just had the 4th of July parade. I want you to think about this. 
Some of you watched, some of you walked, and some of you didn't come. That's fine. At the 4th of July parade, there's a block from about Pine Ridge to the Broken Spur or whatever we're calling it right now. Do you know what happens on the west side of the road in that block? I mean, we could take a break when we were giving out water bottles. Do you know where everybody is for the 4th of July parade? They're in the shade. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think the shade screams for them to come. I think some people, I was talking to, to someone who's on the parade route, and people just show up in their yard and sit underneath their trees. Like no one even asked them to come. But people who want release or relief are attracted to the shade. So on the west side of the road, there is no one. On the east side of the road, there are people four and five rows deep because of the shadow, because of the shade. See, Scripture talks about that, that, that we're, the, we're, we're, we're the light of the world, that, that, that we just prayed. I just prayed with Angie about, about water and just about being life-giving water. Like when people are thirsty, they just automatically go to somewhere they can get a drink. This world, there's lots of heat. There's lots of troubles. There's lots of dryness. There's lots of oppression. There's lots of, uh, of issues. And people are longing for shade. The kingdom of heaven. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable should we use to just parable? I talked about the south and it came out. Parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it's planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants plants with such big branches that birds can do what? They can perch where? Isn't it interesting that Jesus, when he's teaching, he included this? I mean, we could have just said that we're like a mustard seed. You grow up and the birds have a place to stay. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like this, this parable that I'm going to use, a mustard seed. I'm the smallest of smalls. When I start thinking about my place in this world, like you want to talk about feeling insignificant, go to Orlando or Denver or somewhere. Like you look around and there's, there's people everywhere. Like lots and lots of people. All of a sudden, I'm not just one in a thousand, but I'm one in like ten million. I feel like the smallest and smallest of mustard seeds. He said, but the kingdom principle is this, that even though we're small, we grow up and we cast shade. I think God's designed us to naturally, the the light, the inevitability of a shadow. He's designed his people that, that, what does it say in scripture, that by our love they will do what? They'll know. 
That's the kingdom principle that God has for us. Is that through us, through our shadow, we can see the promises that he talks in Scripture. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust. When your kid is scared, where do they go? To your presence. They don't even sometimes need... You know, sometimes our kids are in the room right next to us. We just have to speak and they know that we're there. It's our influence. We're called to be an influential people. Influence will absolutely come through our words. But look at, look at Peter. I want you to look at Peter's model. Did Peter have any problem talking? So please don't leave here and say, Pastor said we don't have to say a word. Because Peter was good at talking. Peter talked enough to get himself in trouble. Kathy and I can relate. Right? That was said in love. That was said because I love Kathy. And she can receive it completely. So please don't think, oh my gosh, Pastor, you're awful. It's not in the book. But I bet Peter took an opportunity to talk to people when they were healed from the shadow. (laughs) For some more nevertheless. Because oftentimes it was his shadow of influence that gave him the opportunity to speak the truth in love. It was because people came, one, to his tree for some shade, that while they're standing there, because, see, they're coming here for refuge, they're coming here for relief, I'm just going to share some goodness with you. So while you're standing here, there's some fruit on my tree. I want you to have the fruit of love. I want you to have the fruit of joy. I want you to have the fruit of salvation in your life. So now that you've come for some shade, let me tell you about the goodness of God. You see, Peter used shade as the opportunity. His shadow was the opportunity for him to be an effective witness of the goodness of God. His influence was he was a man above reproach. He was a man of good reputation. So people came to him when they had need. I guarantee you, just from Peter, in the book, he talked when they came. His shadow was the avenue. His influence is what compelled people. You know, I talked about influence. Scripture says that we're a smelly people. Look at someone and say, you're smelly. Come to me for counseling afterwards if you said that to your spouse. Look at the influence of smell, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are perishing and being saved, or those who are pa- being saved and those who are perishing. I'm going to get myself in trouble because now Aunt Joyce might listen to this song, this sermon. Scott, probably not. Aunt Joyce might. When I hear this aroma of Christ, this, this aroma of, uh, of what we leave behind. See, he says, we are the fragrance of Christ. The fragrance of the knowledge of him. He spread everywhere. Aunt Joyce, I love her. But when you hug Aunt Joyce, when you hug Aunt Joyce, the fragrance of the knowledge of Aunt Joyce goes with you all day long. Do you know what I'm saying? When Aunt Joyce comes in the room, 
The fragrance that Aunt Joyce is there, we know she's there before we see her sometimes. My wife says, no, I think you do. My nose is better than yours. Because of her perfume. I'm not saying it's a bad fragrance. No, these smells are good smells. The fragrance of the knowledge of Christ has got to be a good smell. Okay? We're not talking about stinky people. We're talking about smelly people. There's a difference. You know what the smell of Aunt Joyce brings for me? It brings joy. It brings love. It brings affirmation. I said Aunt Joyce listens to these, and, and she usually comments or, or says something on, on even the devotion. We're spreading with us the fragrance. That's our influence. Like, how do you smell? <laughs> I talked about your influence. How do you smell? Like, what fragrance are you leaving behind you? What sight are you giving to people? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on the lampstand, it gives light to all who are in the house. We have influence. No, I'm going to say it this way. You are an influential person. Your life is influential in the kingdom of God. Your shadow is imperative for the king's worth. I believe that all of us cast a shadow that maybe at times I would aspire that people would just long to be in my shadow. Now, physically, that's never happened, but but other ways it has happened. Is there someone that you tend to call when you're having troubles? Is there a place? I remember now I talked about my wife. I talked about Joyce. I talked about Scott. No, I talked about my wife. People say, "Uh uh-oh, pastor, I'll need counseling after. I remember when she was in my youth group. That sounds weird. She used to tell me she just wanted to be at the church. It wasn't my shadow of influence. It was because the presence of God, that's where she knew the presence of God. It's where she experienced Jesus Christ, and she just wanted to be in that place. You know, there's people in our lives that we just want to be near because they've helped us through a challenge. They're, they're confidence. They're someone who will help lift our arms when we're tired. There's someone who seems to stand in faith in the midst of all the brokenness around us. There's someone who's been willing to speak to my storms, be still, and we've seen the power of God go through them. They're people that, that when we see them, they influence us. They bring us a confidence. They bring us an assurance. They bring us peace. And I hope, I hope I have a shadow. I hope that God's light shining on me draws others to his promises. I hope that the power of God through me influences those that are around me. My prayer, you guys can come forward. Ephesians chapter 4, 
It says, as a prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul now, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Isn't that what Peter was doing? He was living a life worthy of the calling, the call that God had given him. He lived a life worthy of that calling. You've been given a calling by God. You may not be called to be a pastor. You may not be called to be a prophet. You may not be called to be a Peter. But you're called to be a child of God. You're called to be you. You're called to be a witness. You're called to be a reflection. You're called to be the image of Christ. You're called to be light, hope, and love for someone. You're called to be the light of the world. I want to live a life worthy of the calling. How do we do that? Being completely humble and gentle. These are silent words. (laughs) These are shadow words. These are shade words. Being completely humble and gentle. Being patient. Bearing with one another in love. Making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond, the bond of peace. You know, you looked at the forecast. Someone's going to need some shade tomorrow. Huh? I think last time I checked, it said 108. Some have said 110. Some have said 160. I don't know. You know, if the rest of June, July, whatever month we're in, it's flown by. 99 every day. Someone's going to need some shade this month. You know, last week we talked about fruit and our position. Walt was sharing again the heart for this harvest. If they need shade because of 99 degrees, there's just as much of an urgency tomorrow for someone who needs the influence of a child of God. There's just as much urgency tomorrow for someone who needs the the comfort, for someone who needs the joy, for someone who needs the peace, for someone who needs the relief. It's hot. The sermon is perfect in this season in which we're living. We can relate to it. I promise you, you see me on Sunday mornings, you should see me in 110 degrees when it's hot outside. We need like two beach towels then for all my sweat. I need shade. The world needs shade. There's people who are burning up. They're, they're, they're dehydrated, Angie. They're overwhelmed by the heat that's around them. And God has called you. I want to live a life 
worthy of the calling that God has placed upon me. I want my influence. I want my shadow. I want my shade to be that in which people run to, which people come to. I don't even have to invite them. I don't have to ask them to come, but they just keep knocking. They just keep calling. They just keep texting because of the life that God has called me to live. We're called to be an influential people. We're called to be a people of influence. How do I do that? I just become a new creation in Christ Jesus. I allow myself to be conformed to the image of Christ. And as I'm conformed to His image, the light of the world shines upon me and my shadow is cast. And someone comes in my life. Nevertheless, men and women are added to the kingdom of God. And nevertheless, boys and girls are added to the kingdom of God. And nevertheless, the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the good news of the cross and the forgiveness of sin, the promise of deliverance and freedom, the promise that you can come to me, Jesus Christ said, and you can take a drink because I'm living water and you will never thirst again. We give them that glass of living water and they never thirst again. And guess what they become? They become a shadow. Father, I come to you this morning. And God, I pray you speak to our hearts. God, I pray for my position with you. God, we started this premise with the reality that we all influence. The assurance that, that my shadow is inevitable. God, I pray for me today. I pray for us today. God, I pray that in this room we can ask to be conformed to the image of Christ. God, you know those places. <laughs> those pieces. That sometimes don't reflect you. I repent today, God, for those pieces. God, I acknowledge that those pieces are sin in my life. Sin is everything in me that separates me from your presence. Sin is everything in me that causes me to not be, be, be conformed, to show the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's not about a list. It's not about the do's and don'ts. It's about those things in me that, that cause me to not be life-giving, that cause me to not demonstrate your love. God, I repent of those things. I ask you to help me. I know in myself I'm not strong enough. I know in myself I can't but you've given me Jesus Christ. You've placed the Spirit of God inside of me. And God, as I'm transformed into your likeness, just shine on me. Let me position myself for your presence so that my shadow can be influenced. God, I pray that this morning we all hear your words. And I pray that this morning we're all transformed by your presence in Jesus' name. I'm going to do this 
normally wouldn't do this, but I'm going to do this. Rowing, I want you to stand right here. Do you want a chair? Are you all right? Okay. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be right back. Angie, can you come stand right here? Trevor, can you come stand right here? And Greg, will you stand right here? Normally, pastor is the one who prays for people, and today I just feel compelled. And don't get your feelings hurt if I didn't ask you to pray. This isn't like I'm judging people and saying these are the super saints and you're not quite there yet. These are the people God laid on my heart when I was praying about this. But this morning, every one of us casts a shadow of influence, and and we have relationship with people that are different. And so this morning, as we conclude, I, I want to open the altars up that you can come and let them pray with you. Because I get it. There's heat in our world. There's trials in our world. These are people who I know as a pastor will stand with you. They'll agree with you. They'll believe in you. They'll give you hope. They'll give you life. They'll give you shade. And so this morning, I don't know. I know we had a time to pray. I don't know what else has been going on, but I feel compelled to have this moment that you can come. I'll be over here on the side too if you need to pray with Pastor. But this is an opportunity for you if you need some shade, if you need some help, if you need someone to say, man, Pastor talked a lot, but I'm not getting it all. They get to discern the words I said. That's the Holy Spirit that gives them the gift of tongues and the interpretation of Pastor's tongue. We have a shadow of influence. So as Walton Carey, as Tam, they sing this song. If you have a need this morning, if you, if you want someone to pray with you, please come forward and let, let one of those up here pray with you. Or if you don't like them, you can find someone else in the church that you trust. Huh? <laughs> and you can pray with them because we all have shadows. You're influential. Your life is a life of influence. You're called to a purpose. It's powerful. Cast a shadow of influence. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you, as he shines his face upon you, be conformed to the likeness of God and cast the shadow that causes others to be compelled by the promises of God. Amen? Be blessed.